Happy Masturbation May! Are you a frequent lover? Lover's Lane's loyalty program offers special discounts and promos to every frequent lover. Go to loverslane.com to learn more. Not ready to commit? No worries. All month long, buy any wand over $100 and get half off any item in the massage department at loverslane.com. Hello and welcome to the Intimacy Advisor Podcast. I am your host, Sarah Tom Tom, and today we're going to talk about sex positive parenting. We just uh, celebrated Mother's Day. I went swimming with my daughter and the family and got a terrible sinus infection. So my apologies if this episode is a little nasally, but I'm excited to talk about this because I think it's an area that is really scary for parents. For a lot of us, there was a real absence of information as kids about our bodies and sexuality. Um, For some of us, there was a lot of misinformation that was shared. It's hard to know really how to do it right. And I think with all things parenting and sexuality related, there is no quote unquote right way to do it. Now, I can't speak about sex-positive parenting, which is rooted in bodily autonomy and passing the concept of that onto your kids and respecting it without first talking about the leaked Supreme Court decision in the Dobbs versus Jackson case, which, if made final would overturn the existing protections granted by the Constitution under the cases Roe v. Wade from 1973 and KCV Planned Parenthood from 1992 that protect a pregnant person's liberty to choose to have an abortion without excessive government restriction. So I'm going to say some things about it. And, you know, I understand that not everybody shares my view on this. I am really devastated over this decision and the fact that our lawmakers have not protected a woman's right to choose. If the Dobbs decision becomes final... 13 states have trigger laws that would immediately ban access to abortion in most cases after six to eight weeks of pregnancy. And this could impact over 36 million women across the country. So please, if you, if this is an issue that matters to you, check out Shout Your Abortion. It's shoutyourabortion.com. And it's a network working to elevate safe paths to access. Uh, And on their site, you can learn more about Plan C, um, the abortion pill, how it works, um, how to safely take it, and also how to access it. Uh, There is information there also about the miscarriage and abortion 
hotline to support folks, as well as links for reproductive legal help, if that is something that you need. And like I said, I know some people are very passionately pro-life, but what it boils down to is that when people are making these difficult, complicated, personal medical decisions, especially ones that will impact the entire course of the rest of their and their family's life, one size fits all laws do not work. This is a nuanced issue. Having to make a choice about whether or not to have an abortion is complicated and many of us have had the privilege of not having to make this decision. But denying women the opportunity to manage their family's needs, as difficult as that is already, is cruel. I'm going to be talking today about bodily autonomy. And this is an incredibly hard concept to teach and pass on to your kids in a culture that does not uphold the right of everyone to control what happens to their body. Our homes can be a place where we give our little ones bodily autonomy. I'm going to share some ways that you can acquaint your kids with bodily autonomy and also model respecting it for them. One of the first places to start is respecting your child's no, especially when it comes to their body, what they do with their body, how other people interact with their body, as long obviously as it doesn't risk the safety of your child. Teaching your kid that they can say no to touch, to doing things that don't feel good to them, lays a foundation for later. An example of this is I'm sure a lot of us experience this where we were often told to go and hug a family member or to accept touch from adults in our life. And, you know, maybe that didn't always feel good to us. What this can do is it creates a dynamic that asserts the right of adults to have access to your child's body. Further down the line, this can actually create safety risks for them because it creates a prioritization in their mind that if an adult wants to interact with them, that they have a right to do that. And it hasn't, if it hasn't been modeled for them, that they can say no to certain kinds of touch or interacting with adults physically, then they don't know that that's an option for them. It also can help to lay the foundation for a child to be less susceptible to pressure, specifically peer pressure when it arises, because it starts creating this nice bubble around their body where they get to center what they do with their bodies in personal choice rather than conditioning or modeling that has 
inadvertently, obviously, no one is telling a kid to go hug grandma um, with the intention of causing any harm or susceptibility to pressure. But what it can do is it can make someone distrust their own instincts when their body, their mind, their heart, their soul, whatever tells them that they don't want to do something and that it doesn't feel good to them to do it. And so this obviously really does apply to peer pressure, which is going to be an inevitable factor in kids' lives. If your kid asks you not to touch them in a particular way and you respond to that, they develop more confidence that their body is theirs and that they can set boundaries and that they will be respected. And along these same lines, something that I think is really essential is to name body parts by their anatomical name and not just for, you know, arms and legs and toes and knees and shoulders, head, shoulders, knees and toes, knees and toes, but also for their genitals. And let me just take a step back here. Like when I say sex positive parenting, I am not suggesting that we need to be encouraging our kids to be sexual beings. That is going to be their own personal process. Their sexuality is going to develop and blossom on its own course. And we absolutely do not want to be interfering in that process, promoting it, speeding it up, anything of that nature. A sex positive approach is one that respects your child's bodily autonomy is neutral about things like nudity, is not creating shame around certain parts of our body, and is approaching the topic of sexuality, identity, bodies, with a recognition that this is part of our human experience. Our sexuality is a part of us. So that's what I mean when I'm talking about sex positive parenting, not that we are positive about all forms of sexuality and are like our kids cheerleader around becoming sexual beings, but that we can be a trusted resource for them so that they don't go to less safe resources elsewhere. So back to this naming of anatomical parts. When you teach your kid the name of their penis, their vulva, their butt, their anus, you are modeling that these parts of the body, just like every other part of our body, doesn't have a shameful connotation. When you give something kind of a cutesy or childlike name, while obviously there's no ill intent there. As they get older, they start to recognize the actual words associated with those parts of their body might be bad words in my house. Nudity is not inherently sexual. She's nude. I'm nude sometimes. And we have conversations that this is a safe space to be nude. 
And that certain parts of our body we cover up and we keep covered up when we're around other people because they're the parts of our body that are just for us. In combination with giving her the anatomical names of her bits, I've also started to layer in information. I will acknowledge that if I say, see her touching herself in the bath. Oh, that's a very sensitive part of your body, isn't it? That's one of the reasons that that's one of the areas that only we touch. Sometimes mama has to help you wash there. Sometimes the doctor might have to check, but otherwise it's only you that touches your vulva. And you're going to tell me if anybody else ever touches your vulva. And now we've addressed potential safety issues that might come up in the future. Because I know that that is a thing that people are particularly concerned about is how am I going to know? Having really open, shame-free conversations as much as possible establishes you as someone who can handle those conversations with your kids and they are going to come and talk to you as their bodies change because you haven't stigmatized or shied away from giving them information about how their body works, about their right to set boundaries around their body, etc. You know, our kids experience their world through us how we model language, behavior, having conversations about these kinds of things is one of, I think, the most important ways that we impart knowledge and information to them. Oftentimes, we're so worried about saying the exact right thing that in reality, how you approach it, remaining open versus tightening up around things staying present for a conversation rather than trying to rush it, getting agitated versus staying calm, right? All these kinds of things are sending really valuable information to your kids about how you feel about the particular topic. Something that I learned before I became a parent, I didn't know that it is very common for kids to touch their genitals at all stages of development. Babies will touch and fondle their genitals. Toddlers will rub against things. You might see a kid, uh, you know, at the end of the day, taking a bath and touching themselves. And this can be a way of self-soothing, being playful, relaxation. And before a kid reaches those preteen years where hormones start really changing their relationship to their body. This kind of touch for them in their developmental stage is totally non-sexual. It really is a comfort and soothing uh, kind of touch for them. That's how they're experiencing it. So if we come in and model shame, shock, anger, misunderstanding or when they engage in this kind of touch with their own bodies, 
what we are doing is sending a really potent message to them that it is not okay for them to touch their body. Developmentally, there isn't anything abnormal or even sexual about kids touching themselves in this way. Hopefully, you've done the work around laying the foundation for them that they can set boundaries, that they understand the distinction between behavior that they can do in their own home, potentially even the privacy of their own room versus, you know, how they're going to interact in public. And you've established that saying no is okay. Then hopefully you can let some of the pressure release around having to really actively police every single thing that they're doing with their bodies. Establishing personal space in the home is also a very helpful tool because as kids get older, they're going to need their personal space more and more. And you know, adults need their personal space in the house as well. I have found this really helpful around a couple of things. One, I'm someone who has toys. And so I have been able to maintain a bedside drawer with my toys in it. Up until this point, I haven't had to get a lockbox because my daughter understands that the items in that drawer are personal to me, and then it would be a violation of my privacy if she were to go in there. Similarly, my work desk at home is one that is mostly off limits. She has to ask if she wants to go into my desk drawer or touch anything on my desk. In return, if she closes her door and needs time in her room, I do not barge in. I may set some limitations on how long she can be in there, but for the most part, I allow her to go to her room and take whatever space she needs. And it has worked really well for us to allow her to have shut doors. I found that it has helped to build trust. It's keeping our conversations open. And the more open the communication, the more likely your kid is going to come to you when they have questions about relationships, about sexuality, about their bodies, about friendships, about everything. If something has made them uncomfortable, they're going to come to you if you can remain that trusted, neutral resource for them. I recently learned a practice from Pam Samuelson, who teaches the Beyond the Birds and the Bees sex ed series for caregivers. She talks a lot about finding your yes and your no in your body. And I don't know about you, but for me, it's definitely been something that I've had to learn in adulthood. It was not something that was taught to me or was 
modeled to me. Teaching embodied practices from an early age can be so useful for self-regulation, for identifying peer pressure when it comes up. And the game that Pam does with kids, she calls it the yes-no game. And she, she lays the foundation by saying, now keep in mind that none of these questions that I'm going to pose to you are actually a thing that's going to happen. So this is just a game. We're just playing around. But when I ask you a question, I want you to decide if your answer is yes or no. And then I also want to know how does it feel in your body when you think about doing that thing? Some examples could be, would you like to fly above the clouds with me? Give them a chance to think about it. What's their answer? Where do they feel it in their body? Would you like to eat a poop sandwich? (laughs) And it's silly. It's funny. And come up with the most outlandish questions that you can think of. Hopefully things that are, you know, more clearly like yes and no answers. And as the game continues, you can get a little bit more nuanced with it. But it can be a really fun way to start laying the foundation for your kids to figure out, oh, well, when I feel really excited, enthusiastic about something, an embodied yes. So this can just be a really great way for kids to help them learn how to identify in their own bodies when they really are feeling excited, enthusiastic about something versus when something is not feeling right to them. And when all else fails, I think turn to your personal experiences, your wisdom, what your experiences have taught you about all of this. We don't have to have all the answers and we certainly don't have to have the right answers. You can be asking yourself things like reflecting on what would have made me feel confident in my body as a kid? How was privacy and personal space treated in my house? Did I have the ability to set boundaries? Was I able to say no to things? How was the topic of sexuality dealt with? How has that impacted me? These kinds of reflections can just give you a lot of really valuable information. What was modeled for you in relationship to bodily autonomy, sexuality. We're all scared about not doing it right or that our kids may not be safe chances are if you look in your own history, you know, it wasn't done perfectly. The truth is our kids are more safe when we equip them with language, a sense of their own autonomy, tools. And as they get older, there will be questions that you may not have the answer to. That's not a reason to avoid the conversations. It's okay to say, I don't know, but let's find out together. And then you get to be their guide to safe resources and you get to be involved in the process. So I certainly hope that you found 
something useful in this episode. If you are someone who is a caregiver to kids or has any close kid relationships in your life. And as always, you can send us questions or feedback at intimacyadvisor.com. The blog has lots of really great educational articles as well. You can find us on Instagram at Intimacy Advisor Pod, and you can always email me directly at Sarah at SarahTomTom.com. Thank you so much for tuning in, and please, if you have a moment, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. It is how other people can find us and we can keep making this content for you. Until next time. Happy Masturbation May! Are you a frequent lover? Lover's Lane's loyalty program offers special discounts and promos to every frequent lover. Go to loverslane.com to learn more. Not ready to commit? No worries. All month long, buy any wand over $100 and get half off any item in the massage department at loverslane.com. More romance, more intimacy.